1: Well, welcome back to The Seth Leapson Show. I am Seth, Friday, June 10th, 2022, as we head into Hour 2 of our daily three-hour tour. We do this every Friday, so long as he's not out of state helping save some other Republican candidate somewhere. We do it with George Kaloff. He is the managing partner of the Resolute Group and the president of Data Orbital Consulting, uh, my favorite and I think the best political analyst and consultant in the country. We're delighted he's based here in Arizona. George, happy Friday. How you doing, man?
2: I'm good. Happy Friday to you,
1: Seth. You betcha. You betcha. Uh, busy time, so I appreciate all your time with us. I want to talk to you about a couple things uh, having to do with the bloody crossroads where culture intersects with politics And before we do that, let's just talk a little bit about these uh, January 6th hearings a little bit and how that's going to play out. I have to tell you, um, my mind last night, after watching what I watched and watching some of the analysis, my mind last night went to the notion that um, the Democrats may have actually picked up a point or two, maybe a few more, and by this morning... I just changed my mind. I don't think they picked up a damn thing. That was their best shot. They're going to try and do this about five more times. And we're already on to inflation here, baby. Uh, Tell me about what you think the January 6th hearings are going to move as far as needles go, if at all. And maybe I'm all wet and wrong. Maybe I'm missing something big. Before I have you answer that, sorry to filibuster. Let me just throw one more element to this, which I think is just kind of interesting. And I could be wrong, but Again, I don't think I've heard anyone else say it. One of the things that I think is not working with the American people is we are having hearings about a crime that took place a year and a half ago that's been solved. Usually you have hearings before indictments and arrests, Watergate iran Contra, you name it. We already have all the indictments and arrests, and a year and a half later we're trying to have the hearings. Anyway, that's my opening shot. You take it wherever you want
2: yeah so so a couple things obviously a great place to start not just because it's timely but because this i think embodies so much of what we talked about with regards to the uh, progressive left strategy when it comes to this election cycle so we have to note, by the way that they're doing this prime time west coast and so you know that it's very late east coast time they're right. very rarely doing you know they, they don't usually do this type of thing where committee hearings are prime time and you know, people made a note that every channel except for Fox were covering this, and and it is eighteen months plus after the fact. I mean, this is this is the issue that the Democrats have. Mm-hmm. One, they have to make it to be timely in people's minds, which it's tough to make it timely because it happened so long ago. Uh, the, the, the person that they're trying to pin this on, President Trump, is no longer. You know, he's not in the White House, which makes it. You know, it's not like he won re-election, he's in the White House, and they're trying to now tear him down and say, oh, my God, he still runs the country. So right. the connection point in voters' mind is a big deal. Uh, Biden and the Democrats have messed up so everything else so much that they're, you know, when you go to the gas station and almost do anything else to just survive and live, you're noting it. And so you have a hard time focusing on this. And they now have to... You know, this is like a multi pronged approach. They have to convince people that it's relevant to them. They that's to the big one, isn't that it? That's happens. really a big one. Exactly. Don't,
1: yeah, that's huge. How is yeah. this relevant to me? Yeah, go on. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Right. So, so is it relevant? And then, am I even believing what the Democrats want? Look, I don't want to necessarily get into the was it an insurrection, was a non insurrection, what did people know, and are we defending democracy or right. democracy? That's right. not the point. The point is to to walk voters through all of that. And have essentially one party do it. Because at this point, I don't believe anyone believes that that Liz Cheney is operating in this relative. I mean, I don't know what Republican she's speaking on behalf of because, you know, frankly, she's right right or wrong. She's been abandoned by most Republicans. So Liz Cheney and a couple of Republicans are leading this charge. Um, It clearly is partisan. How does it relate to me? And then we have to figure out, okay, is this true or not? There's way anyone that knows political consulting or knows voter strategy or knows marketing anything. You're having to convince people five to ten things. It's hard enough to hold their hand after. through That's one, really isn't tough. it?
1: Yeah, it's hard exactly, enough. Exactly, yeah.
2: exactly. So I just don't think it's going to have an impact on this election because the people that this matters to are never going to be, in my humble opinion, Republican voters. That is the bottom line in the in the uh, position that we're in today in the United States of America.
1: Those it, let, let me make sure I understand what opinion. you're saying. Anyone who's accepting the... Let's just call it for what it is. Anyone who's accepting the Nancy Pelosi narrative here was never going to vote for Republican, no matter what, anyway.
2: Um, even even one, even one better than that. Anyone that feels like this is still relevant to me today yeah. enough to where I'm tuning in and laser yeah. focus. And this is, huh. you know, as I've seen some Democrats say this is like primetime democracy protection. Right. You know, a- anyone that's thinking that way. Again, today, not you know you could have thought about it. It was repeated. Obviously, the monologue that you did was excellent. It hit the snail on the head. There was a lot that was done months and months ago on this issue and a couple days after what happened. But if we're still talking about it today in this intensity, odds are those individuals were not going to be Republican primary voters because in the suburbs and in the swing voters, find me a poll. Find me a focus group that shows that. This is top of mind. Find me one and I'll tell you I'm wrong. <laughs> I haven't seen it. That's the bottom line. That, do, that
1: one. does beg a question if I forget to ask. Uh, well, uh, let's just do it while we're at it. What is I'll come back to January 6 hearings in a moment. What is the top issue that Republicans are interested in? What is the top issue Democrats are interested in these days or, or or you know, if they're within a few points, what are the top issues?
2: Sure. Sure. So, so top issue, no questions asked, continues to be for Republicans, immigration. Yeah. But inflation in the economy is skyrocketing because the more the gas skyrockets and the food prices skyrocket, the more that that becomes top of mind. So what used to be a 25 point gap between immigration, let's say, at 48 percent and inflation in the 20s now is like 45 and, and 31, 32. It's that big of a deal. Right. So it's, it's essentially 80 percent of the top issue is just on two issues and everything else is smathered across multiple things. For Democrats, Uh it amazingly it continues to be Uh, COVID healthcare type stuff. It continues to be, yes, the economy. Um, It continues, you know, if if abortion happens, it comes up. That may be part of the the problem, Seth, is that the Democratic voter base doesn't have consistency. I mean, the last two years, we've been in the field every month, uh, last year and a half, but we had some data in the the handful of months beforehand. Essentially, the last two years, immigration has been the number one issue with jobs in the economy, second for Republicans. And Democrats, it's up and down, and that could be part of the problem is that they're trying to deal with 15 different things while Republicans are laser-focused on two issues that, frankly, better coincide with what's top of mind for the broader populace in the United States, which is safety and security and which is the ability to feed their families and the ability, to, by the way, to educate their kids uh, and to protect their kids from craziness, frankly. I and mean, Those, those well, are what the average – American cares
1: about uh, well, I almost want to ask a crazy question here, then George, because it's you know i mean listen we we, we will admit uh, it, we shouldn't have to even say that there there are not dumb people in the Democratic party they're not dumb, uh, not all of them anyway and and the leadership certainly has you know has, is is well educated they look at data, they know what's going on uh, it, are they in panic mode? Because it seems to me if the economy is an issue that transcends uh, partisanship for as a concern for both voters, OK, maybe it's one in one party and three in the other. But within the top three concerns has to be the economy. It is a wand that's affecting everyone. I, I'm thinking Republicans are going to be picking up Democrats. Democrats aren't going to be picking up Republicans.
2: 100%. And look, I think this is the bottom line. I don't think they know what to do with it. Okay. I, I don't think that they know what to do with inflation. I mean, look, I'm not sure that there's a good answer, but frankly, the way that the world works is who's in charge and a crisis happens. You're the one that has to manage that crisis. So Trump was in charge and COVID happened. He had to manage that crisis. Inflation skyrocketing and Biden's in charge. He obviously contributed and he put fuel to the fire. I saw something on social media. Always, obviously, we, saw, we see all kinds of things on social sure. media about how in Europe, gas is you know, seven, eight dollars a gallon, yeah. and how no one's blaming their presidents. Yeah. And I said, well, first off, they have taxes up the wazoo. Yeah. Second off, just because they're used to it, yeah. <laughs> doesn't mean we have to be used to it. Yeah. and just because they want us to be Europe
1: doesn't mean most Americans want to be European. Yeah,
2: <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. If you choke off the supply and you just pump dollars into the economy when you didn't have it, billions of dollars, not just I'm making it sound like a couple dollars, sure. billions and trillions of dollars. Of course, you're going to have runaway inflation, and so they don't know what to do with it, and so of course they want to focus on guns and abortion and almost anything that. We would get the voters' minds off of inflation, and maybe they would be successful if they didn't have to get gas every four days or now, frankly, not able to drive because they don't have enough money to put gas in their tank.
1: It's a great point about how strong a fist the Democratic issues are in the face of economy and immigration, how strong... A weapon, say, uh, the overturning of Roe v.ersus Wade is, or say, uh, January 6th can be tar- can be used to tar and feather the entire party. It's not; they aren't in and of themselves, or maybe even collectively, strong enough to outweigh the concerns of economics, immigration, crime, and some other social values that I want to talk, cultural social issues I want to talk to you about, if you can stay with me a little bit. Can we pick up on this thread when we come back, George?
2: Absolutely. George,
1: Thank you, sir. George Kaloff is our guest. He is a managing partner at the Resolute Group and the president of Data Orbital, and we will both be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. George Kaloff is our guest. He is every Friday. He's the managing partner at the Resolute Group and president of Data Orbital. George, I guess guess, uh, the way I was thinking of this as we were heading into break was when you go into election season, each party has um, its uh, its weaponry uh, in going to the political war, the political battlefield. And if you look at uh, the weaponry that's been thrust on the Republican Party, it's the economy, uh, it's immigration, um, and it's a few other things, cultural issues. If you look at – that I want to get to in a moment. If you look at the Democratic Party, what are they taking into battle? They're taking into battle um, arguments against the Second Amendment. They're taking into battle January 6th. Uh, they're taking into battle the fact that every Republican is a fascist or a white supremacist. When those two weapon systems collide, it seems to me that one is a clear winner. It really just does that. The Democrats, in other words, are really kind of coming up short with any kind of battlefield narrative or system of weapons that can help them win over the hearts and minds of a country that's going through terrible throws economically and otherwise.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, the the bottom line, 100% correct. Bottom line is this. When you're in power, you have to be the party that has the solutions. You can't be the party that is opposing the other party. That only works when you're in the minority, when you're not in charge. The battle plan for the Democrats, as you just laid out, says, is 100% correct. They are opposing Trump and Trump's, you know, perceived, Attacks on democracy and racist this, and the Democrats, Republicans are horrible that. And oh my God, now we're going to have, you know, abortions in alleys. And everything that they're talking about is not a solution to the problems of the day. Okay. That's the bottom line. They have no solutions. And again, I'm not saying solutions are easier, not easy, but when you're in charge, that's what's upon you. But when you're not in charge, as, as the Republicans are today, we don't have any chambers, no House, no Senate, no White House, uh, we are able to be the juxtaposition and say we don't want them. What they are doing is bad for the country, let us be in charge. Now, that then puts the onus back on us, and we have to have solutions when we do become in charge. But you're correct. In this election year, they have no solutions. All they want to do is complain and and rip apart the other, but that's not what works. It was very convenient for them when Donald Trump was in the White House, and they could just oppose Donald Trump. That doesn't work anymore. It doesn't work that way, and they, they don't seem to be able to have another option, and I think it's because they just don't know what the other option is. So then they resort to what's comfortable and what gets their base riled up. But that's not what's going to get the majority of America riled up.
1: Now, there is another thing that could rile up a lot of independents uh, and disaffected Democrats uh, the way Reagan did and the way Trump did a little bit. And that's on the cultural front that you and I like to talk about because we think culture matters most. And if you think about – here's how I kind of cast the, the progressive, the Democratic Party um, uh, political – uh, dictionary. They, 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 there's, a, there's a cultural issue that takes place uh, that Republicans or conservatives find out about, usually by accident. The left denies it. Then when it becomes undeniable, they defend it. Then when it becomes indefensible, they mandate it. And I'm kind of seeing this uh, with children's education on race issues. I'm seeing it with the transgender debate and our children's curriculum. And, you know, the story, I don't know if it got enough news, maybe in our base it did, but like this drag queen story out of Dallas where you have parents taking five-year-olds and six-year-olds to strip clubs to see drag queens strut their stuff and put dollar bills in their bikinis. I mean, this has got to play out at some level to a middle America that wants nothing to do with the Democratic Party anymore that supports this stuff. Joe Biden likes to talk about this not being your father's Republican Party. I can do 10 hours on that. But this certainly isn't the Democratic Party of, I don't know, Hubert Humphrey, uh, George McGovern, even.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, we, we went from a year ago, drag queen story hour at the library. Right. Innocent setting. Right. Kids go to libraries. Now we're having drag queen shows. Whether it's at a bar or strip, strip club, I don't care. But this is the question that I'd ask anyone who's listening, am I able, should I be able, would I ever take my seven-year-old son to a strip club or burlesque show or bar with women? If the answer is no, which it is unequivocally no, <laughs> right. why in God's name would I ever take my seven-year-old son to a drag show? I don't care if it's homosexual, heterosexual, transsexual, or whatever it is. That's not the place for children. Bottom line, hard stop. And once again, as we have talked about on the show, the courageous governor of of Florida, Ron DeSantis, is now going to outlaw that. And I would like him to say, look, I mean, and I think it's already illegal. If we can't take kids into bars, I mean, how many bars do you go into? You can't take anyone under 21. How the heck did a seven-year-old, I don't care if it's during the day and the bar wasn't in operation. How do you take a seven-year-old into a bar and then have that individual, that seven-year-old or multiple children put dollar bills into, I mean, it's it's just, it's mind-blowing. How does anyone think that that's okay the only reason why they say it's okay is because it furthers an interest from a woke transgender perspective but that would never be okay if it was a if it was a heterosexual just regular old strip club we would never take kids there and it is just absolutely ridiculous and 100 percent there's no way the democrats are in the majority here and let them keep doubling down and the reason we know that it didn't get play is because they're trying to brush it under the rug because it just looks horrible it was it was it was disgusting
1: and, and, and most people, most people think that way. What do you say about? I mean, a group that, or a part of their movement that wants to promote and strut about it. I mean, it is interesting this 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 fight that took place, Scott. It seems like ten years ago now, George. It was really only two weeks ago where the libs of TikTok on Twitter were being gone after by the mainstream media, and all libs of TikTok was doing was uh, putting up the videos of the people who were strutting about this stuff. You know, did they think it was I mean, it's a it's a weird thing where they strut about it until we find out about it.
2: Yeah, yeah. They double down. They encourage, as you said, they defend it. And then all of a sudden before they know it, they're getting blowback. And it's like, did you not think it was going to have blowback? But this is the thing that I've come to realize. They think it's okay. That's why we're all yeah. completely, and this is why, yeah. frankly, the country feels like it's ripping at the seams because there's a segment of, of our country that legitimately believes that children should be in those areas. And then there's the rest of us, the majority, who are like, oh my God, are you serious? You are crazy. And we are, we are, we are, we might as well, as I always say this phrase, we might as well be on different planets. I mean, we're on Mars and they're on Pluto. Right. And we, we have nothing in common when it comes to that issue. But the problem is, it's not just that issue, it's that issue and a whole laundry list of things now where we are behaving completely differently, but it's not because it's by accident. It's by intention. Mm-hmm. They, they intentionally think it's good and mm-hmm. okay,
1: yeah. and
2: we just don't, and, and they want to make us open our kids to that, and we're telling them no, and then now we're having the battle.
1: And for the good of the order, George, For we have a lot of Republican candidates who listen to this office. We may have Democrats too, I don't know, but we have a lot of Republicans who listen, who are running for office. Uh, for the good of the order, again, tell them, don't be afraid of these issues. Please advise them. Give them free advice. I'm asking you to give Dr. Kaloff, give give our Republican candidates <laughs> in 15 seconds, give them some free advice on this.
2: Cultural issues are going to win the day. The more that the progressive left keeps getting radical and more radical on cultural issues, we need to embrace, lean in, use it against them, and we will win. And then we need to cast the vision about how we're going to lead our country out of this craziness. That is the woke culture of today that the Democrats are trying to push on us.
1: My man, George Kaloff, managing partner at the Resolute Group, president at Data Orbital. George, until next week. God bless you and Godspeed. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Seth. You betcha. I'm Seth. Lines are open, six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Let me put in a word for our friends at Cool Touch Air Conditioning, Heating, and Plumbing. You don't need them for heating right now, but if you have air conditioning or plumbing needs, go to the only company I use and all my friends who have. Air conditioning needs use. I mean, I have told a lot of people about Cool Touch. They've heard me on radio. They talk to me in person about it and they use them too and love them as much as I do. It's just different there. When you call them, you'll notice. You'll notice. 17 years in business, Cool Touch has an A plus rating with the BBB. Never received a complaint with the ROC. And they are distinct in the fact that they're not only super polite, they do what they say they'll do and they do it when they say they'll do it, which is when you need it give cool touch a call if your air conditioning needs repair inspection or anything else at 623-734-1932 that's 623-734-1932 or visit them at cooltouchac.com equally good for plumbing problems cooltouchac.com joe's in phoenix hello joe hey
3: I love what you're doing. I love your, the way you're elevating the conversation on the radio.
1: Thank you, Joe.
3: I, I have a couple of questions having to do with inflation on the same topic. So, Arizona passed the law that we've been living under for the last few years that, as inflation as the price index goes up, that wages go up. Yeah, we're looking at extreme inflation this year. That's right. How do we on the first on the first note? How do we calculate what we're projecting as an increase for this coming January 1st and then on the second side what can we do to get some legislation in place to put the reins on that
1: so as i understand it and and joe let me let me just talk it through with you because it's, i think you may know more about this than i but as i understand it the law we passed ties our minimum wage is that what we're talking about our minimum wage to rising right. consumer price index, which is the inflation number that 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 's kind of what we do so if the inflation goes up uh, the cPI the consumer price index number goes up, we have to raise wages a perspective amount right yeah, right. let me talk to our uh, the guy who knows probably more about this than anyone else uh, and i'm going i 'm going to ask if you 'll if you'll let me bide my time until next Wednesday, I'll ask Schweiker how that works, because I know he's really much more expert on this than I. But I will say I know this. Um, there is a difference between uh, nominal and real wage increases. And while I'm, let me do it nationally rather than locally, even though Arizona and particularly Maricopa County has been hit higher than the national average. Joe Biden talks about wage growth and how he has been bragging about how wages have grown since he's become president, but not real wages when you take into account inflation. Americans are paying, you know, an unasked-for hidden tax, so to speak. The inflation is outpacing what they have made in the wage growth that Joe Biden is bragging about. So when you think about that, and you think about what Arizona's law passed we probably need to be afraid and we probably need to be very afraid.
3: Yeah. I think I heard it was in the neighborhood of 3% outpacing the the wage growth with inflation.
1: And the way they calculate it that's probably a little bit of an undercount, probably. Probably that's a probably a little bit of a low number. Um, but let me let me let me bookmark it and I'll uh, I'll, I'll I'll definitively raise it with uh, with David on Wednesday. If you can tune in, we'll do that at uh, the second. We'll do that in this hour uh, next week at the top of four o'clock hour next week. But but this is the thing that I think is going to drive a lot of concern. When it comes to not only the primary elections, we're going to be going through here shortly ourselves, but I think the general, I think the general people aren't buying what the Democrats are telling them. So when the Democrats are telling them your wages went up, people are realizing, how is it that I'm affording less and less? I mean, this is not hard math for most people. They don't need to be told. That what the prices they're seeing at the grocery store, at the gas pump or wherever else, they don't need to be told that uh, their wages uh, are, 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 are to make up for that when they know that's just not the case. Life has been made harder in America for Americans. And the purpose of government, I've always thought, at least it's been, I mean, it's been my operating principle in politics, is that the purpose of an elected official is to help make our lives just a little bit easier. Just a little bit easier. By the way, there's another part of this inflation mess that's not just about Joe Biden's spending and energy policy. There's a third area that we don't talk enough about. Let me tease that for the next segment, because anyone who's involved in business of any shape or form or compliance will understand it immediately. And it's a huge driver of this problem. And it rests squarely on the Biden administration's shoulders. Bear with, we'll, we'll get to that when we come back. If I'm not mis- welcome back to the Seth and Show. If I'm not mistaken, the video to this song is a fun one with a lot of kids playing on a swing set. I like that idea, you know, a couple making up and clearing things up all for the sake of the kids. Joe in Phoenix, are you still there? Are you still with me, Joe? Yeah, I'm still here. Uh, you were talking about inflation, and 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 I wanted to throw something by you, run something by you, and the audience. There's a there's another aspect of inflation, a third part that I think does rest squarely on the White House and Joe Biden's shoulders. Yes, the energy attack, yes, the spending, but uh, there's a group uh, uh, called Accountability in Federal Government. And let me just let me allow me to read just a few moments. President Joe Biden's record regulation spree is pushing prices higher. The role of regulations in the inflation crisis is largely overlooked, but shouldn't be. When Washington wraps the economy in red tape, businesses must spend massive sums on compliance. That cash doesn't materialize from thin air. Every dollar that goes toward hiring lawyers, filling out paperwork and redesigning products and assembly lines get passed. Gets passed to the consumer through higher prices. Research finds a 15 percent increase in federal regulation hikes costs the consumer one full percentage point. To put it in perspective, in just the first year, Team Biden added more than 72,000 pages of regulations, executive orders and agency notices. Twenty five percent more than the Trump administration added in its Um that's another thing that gets overlooked if you're in uh, either big or small business uh, in any way, shape or form. And and so I, I, I just think it's worth adding to the mix because people say the president can't be blamed for these things. Well, I just gave you three areas, pretty big ones in which he can be.
3: Absolutely. I, I mean, the president has done so many things to actively thwart the, the energy industry even use the regulation against them, making it harder to, well, actually actively canceling permits, yep. making it harder right. for them to get loans, yep. allowing the banks and things. Yeah, I can see that 100%. I, I was hoping there was something that we could do, and I know that the minimum wage increase was passed by the voters, so right. any changes to it right. also have to be passed.
1: Yeah, over, yeah, 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 so. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the problem with our propositions in Arizona. Uh, do people understand that? By the way, when propositions come your way, we can't really—they're ch- called voter protected. We're the only—I think—the only state in the country that does this. So, when out-of-state interests come into Arizona and push and fund and finance uh, a, a, a proposition for the for the ballot, um, the, the the legislature is pretty much pretty much hamstrung in doing anything to reverse it. Uh, It requires super majorities and the governor. And uh, only if it uh, only if it doesn't uh, advance the purposes of the proposition. We're really the only state that sits as a sitting duck. That's actually something I would do with the new state legislature and our state constitution. I'd work on that. I'd get rid of the voter protection of proposition ballot propositions yeah. here because they've been abused. You know, the progressive notion of the ballot proposition was to give people more of a say. It doesn't because out-of-state interests come in and overwhelm the people with these ideas, progressive ideas. Anyway, uh we'll we'll we'll, we'll chase it down with uh, David uh, next week. I promise you that, Joe. Yeah, get, get a get a, get your get your hands around this. Get your hands and heads, arms and heads around this. The mandates that Joe Biden has put through that are raising prices. Uh, They cost more than $100 million a year or have substantial effects on the economy. Most recently, for example, what am I talking about? For example, the EPA, Environmental Protection Agency, forcing cars to meet unprecedented and and potentially unachievable mileage standards. The Biden administration is also forcing retirement plans to take climate change into account and making it harder for independent contractors to find work. Biden even repealed common sense policy that sunsets old regulations that haven't been updated in years. The cost of regulations far outpaces that of any predecessor. In his first 12 months, he saddled the economy with more than $200 billion in additional costs. Um, when, he, when he throws his hands in the air or when Janet Yellen does – And they say, you know, this isn't our cause. We were just here. We didn't cause it. We just happened to be here when it happened. It's not true. It's simply not true. And um, and uh, anyway, I I just think the holding of them account is going to be, uh, you know, a mandate for us. I mean, that is our mandate is to hold them to account. These are um, these are pieces of evidence That an old friend of mine, uh, Jack Templeton of blessed memory, he used to say this is evidence that demands a verdict. It's evidence that demands a verdict. It may even get worse if the Middle East situation gets worse. Do you know this story? Do you know this story? This should be a big story. I'm going to give it to you from Scott Johnson. The mullahs of Iran have removed 27 cameras. Intended to let the IAEA, that's the uh, Atomic, uh, the International Atomic uh, Energy Agency, they have removed 27 cameras that let the IAEA think it is monitoring their dearly beloved nuclear program. The IAEA has gone so far as to censure Iran over its lack of cooperation. In plain language, 27 cameras have been removed. At nuclear energy sites in Iran. Oh, that's probably nothing but good news, right? President Obama wanted us to believe that the Supreme Leader had issued a fatwa against nuclear weapons. Remember that canard? Oh, no, they're not going to become a nuclear country. They have a fatwa against it. No one believes that anymore. And you know how you know no one believes it anymore? No one in the administration is even touting it anymore. The stupidity is just too damn high to accept that. Secretary of State Blinken, Anthony Blinken, said yesterday that Iran is risking greater isolation and heightened tensions, but said a return to the nuclear deal was not off the table. His warning invokes the best interests of Iran. That's what it does. Blinken's beat is diplomacy. I'm quite sure that coming from him, this is not a warning calculated to persuade the mullahs, Think about that. Think about that. Iran, which doesn't want nuclear weapons, is removing cameras from the inspectors. Almost 30. Why would you do that? That's evidence that demands a verdict too, isn't it? Seth will be right back. This is on my running playlist, Rosanna. I love it. It is. <laughs> Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. If you're looking for a remarkable investment opportunity, check out Y Refi. Actually, their website uh, to check them out is investyrefi.com. The name of the company is Y Refi. Great people. They're offering a fixed, no-load interest rate up to ten and a quarter percent for investors in a collateralized and secure portfolio. Y Refi is a due diligence approved firm. It's run by really good people. They are my friends. They are here locally. Uh, you can visit with them. They won't give you a sales pitch. They'll just talk about what they're doing and let it speak for itself as it did for me. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, and then refy.com. Or give them a call at 855-316-3087. That's 855-316-3087. As usual, tell them I sent you. I, I I'm going to do my monologue at the top of the next hour. I'm going to do a little bit of an in-depth uh, accounting of uh, this January 6th uh, hearing that took place last night. Then I'm going to have one of my old professors uh, join me, uh, William B. Allen. He used to be the head of the Civil Rights Commission uh, under Ronald Reagan, and uh, uh, he was a professor of mine in Claremont back when, man, it was it's just – it was – it was – an intellectual feast in those days, and, and it makes me a little sad to think that there is no college, including Claremont anymore, that offers this kind of thing. But if you think about it, uh, in those days we had Harry Jaffa, who was around and teaching us, along with William Allen, who was his student, along with Charles Kessler, along with Tom West, who was also a Harry Jaffa student. Tom's now at Hillsdale. Uh, Bill Allen is in Michigan. Uh, Charles is still at Claremont, but he's, um, he's the last vestige there. Uh, listen, I um, we've covered we've been covering a lot this week, and uh, one of the things that I think is going to be uh, important for we conservatives to keep in mind as we go into election is. Been talking about it more this week than usual, but I, I I'm doing so for a reason. I think it's really important. Watch language, watch language, and the abuse of language, especially from the Democratic Party, how they use it, how they contort it, and how they turn it upside down. Be careful with words. I think it's always been an important thing when it comes to character. Be careful of your thoughts. Your thoughts become your words. Be careful of your words. Words become your actions. But it's more important when it comes to politics. Language matters. If we aren't agreed on language, we aren't acting as humans. We aren't even acting with reason. If we aren't agreed on what simple verbiage means. That was Aristotle's point. How are humans distinct from animals? The ability to use speech and reason. You can't reason if you don't have the same dictionary and the same meaning to words. Confucius, this will be my diversity moment. Confucius put it this way. When words lose their meaning, people lose their liberty. Put that in your pipe. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) we'll be right back